0: and welcome back to another edition of official word sports i'm vince i'm here with my co-host stevie d i got nothing for you right now You yeah, normally it's easy to do the intro right hey stevie d it's week three it's week four it's whatever right it's easy to do that um but I don't. I don't have a good positive intro. I don't have a good positive spin in today's podcast. Tonight's podcast is going to be interesting, Stevie D, because both your team as well as mine um, experienced something that I don't think that we really envisioned, right? Um, you know, not not to jump in and jump into your. Your boat there, but I will say that I was very disappointed in the overall performance uh, from your team on Monday night. Um, I didn't even realize, and I mentioned this to you, I didn't even realize going into it that it was a home game and it, it was just laid an egg, right? When I look at my team, there were so many excuses last year. Right. And basically everybody said because of Hamlin and everything the team had gone through. And then they started to add up things. Right. Oh, the snowstorm and oh, the travel and oh, this and oh, that. But at the end of the day, just like I said in the podcast last year. Was that they smacked us in the mouth. Right. On both sides of the ball. And we weren't prepared. You could tell in the first game. When we went to Cincinnati before Hamlin you could tell that Cincinnati was ready to play and you, we weren't. And you could tell that they they were just, you know, they felt they were dominant. They felt they were superior. And it proved to be in the playoff game. You and I had an offline conversation. I told you, I, I don't feel good about this. I, yeah, I you yeah, you absolutely
1: did. You, you said I, that. You know,
0: tried to tried to spin it, right, for, for our fans. Tried to spin it. Yay, Drink the Kool Aid like I'm drinking the Kool Aid, right? And then, and then you get to the game, and it was the same thing all over again. So, when when I say how how do we open the show? What are we gonna say? It, it, it's hard, right? I, I think that you and I both need to have co- hard conversations with with our fans, with with the viewers, right? Of what we really think, where we are. I, I, I'm gonna say this time and time again. We're at the kiddie table, right? You, you know when you, when you set <laughs> up the, the, the big feast, right, the family yep. comes yep. over, friends come over, and, and you have the adults that sit at one table and they have adult conversations, right? <laughs> then you have the kiddie table that's off to the side, right, basically the 14 and under table. They're not ready to sit at the adult table. Well, that, that's really where we are. Like both of our teams, no disrespect, but both of our teams, we're we're not ready for the playoffs. We're not ready for quote unquote the exhibition game. And those that watch us know that I call it the exhibition game. But we're not ready for that. We're sitting at the kiddie table.
1: I joked around. I put a post out there that the doctor is in, right? Because that's what I feel like this episode is is getting on the couch. And, and talking in front of the doctor and just getting the feelings out because, you know, for my table, you go you're four and three and you have a hope to go to five and three. I mean, the Chargers are not an awful team, but it was a winnable game. It's at home on Monday night. You know, the stadium, the MetLife's going to be rocking, right? And you should be ready to go. And the, the lay of the egg that they laid, and we're going to get into, you know, that um it's deflating. I mean, I just know so many people that were at the game. I can't, I can't imagine being there, right? The, the the place rocking to really. I mean, you had a chance to go five and three when you lost your quarterback four snaps into the season. You had a really good shot to go four and three. The defense yeah. did what they needed to do, and our offense, our coaching. I mean, there's so much to it from the coaching to to the line play, to the silly turnovers, to our quarterback holding on to there's a lot there. It's not just on one person. This was an epic failure from the Jets from the top down on a game that was very winnable. The only the only thing you cannot say you give a pet is the defense. Right? The defense. Now we caused three fumbles, we couldn't land. That was frustrating, right? We all know when you see a fumble, what do you say? Fumble, right? And you, you go crazy, right? Michael Clemens like fall on the ball, right? They tell you that from 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 pee wee football. Just fall on the ball. He tried to scoop and score. I don't I don't blame him because we can't score offensively. So he's probably saying, "Well, we can't get in the end zone. I'm going to scoop it and run it in." it, it didn't work out. And there right. a couple other little fumbles that we just it wasn't our night to get the turnovers on on defense. But our defense as a whole did what we needed them to do and. We just couldn't get anything offensively. It was very uh, disappointing. We normally play better on special teams. We normally outplay teams on special teams. Didn't happen there. I thought our partner out, out kicked our, our punt coverage. It was like I said. It was just I need the doctor visit because that's it's going to be one of those shows today, right? And then I, I look at Buffalo and I say, "Man, I know your thoughts on Buffalo were spot on. They really were." I, I, I think I'm more of a believer because I just think there's so much talent there, and sure. I. I Wait for that that switch. We see that sometimes with teams where they're struggling. Then all of a sudden something happens, and then bam! I, I think it was a couple of years ago with Buffalo. All of a sudden you went on like this eight game winning streak, right? So it's like you're waiting for that to click. And is it too late for Buffalo for that to click? At what point does it click, and you can go on that run? Um, so again, it's going to be one of those um, interesting shows
0: tonight. Yeah, indeed, indeed, and, and you're right about flipping the switch, they always talk about it, you know, can a team flip a switch, but I think there's more to it, right? When you look at that switch, you look behind the switch. There's more that goes on than just flipping that switch. And I think that's where we're at. Um, But let, let, let's get into it. Let's get into the show. So obviously, you know, we kind of want to talk about some of the happenings uh, around the NFL. There are two that stand out. I think we both, well, first of all, it's a it's a blessing and a curse, right We both had primetime games set Sunday night and Monday night. so it gave you all day Sunday to kind of take in what was happening in in the, in the NFL and there were two that really stood out right CJ Stroud and Josh and Josh Dobbs right Both of those were were just crazy. I'm I do want to take the Dobbs first, right? because Dobbs was traded at the deadline, right? Everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, you you get that because Cousins and everything else. But to realize that Dobbs never even got a chance to work with the team. He didn't take one snap, not one practice snap. Not one. Didn't even really get the playbook, right? And so he's coming out and basically talking to the guys in the huddle, all right, this is what we're going to do. What's your name again? What you mean? I'm Josh Thompson, by the way. I'm so glad you're wearing that white jersey because I would know who you are, right? But you watch it, and that final drive was just incredible. Magical. Right? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. It was storybook Disney, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and kudos to him. Right now, will that happen next week? Who 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 knows? Um, but certainly, you know, I think they feel reinvigorated. Right. The fact that they lost cousins and you know all hopes were lost. They're getting back Justin Jefferson. Josh Dobbs has to be like, wow, I never had a guy like you (laughs) before. Right. So that has to be good for him. But you know, just the overall I thought was just a a great scenario, great scenario and and a great outcome for him. And then again, we're going back and forth. Did you see that? Right. Then you had the CJ Stroud. This kid. I did he submit rookie of the year? I I was holding out hope for Dalton Kincaid. Right, he's making his last minute push, and then Stroud throws up four seventy or five hundred. <laughs> well, that's gone. <laughs> that's gone. And, and you know, one of the things though that that I, I know we're talking about CJ, but one of the things that stood out was that was a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who my Buffalo Bills played the week before. You mean to tell me that the Houston Texans with a rookie quarterback can't put up those kind of numbers. And I have a team that is supposedly destined for playoffs and, and potentially go to the exhibition game and we struggle mightily. You know, it, it, it's
1: different weeks, different game plans. It's, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's just different games and different game plans. I, was, I don't...
0: We struggled so bad, Stevie D. We went gaps without scoring. We wouldn't go on fourth and two. We wouldn't go on fourth and that, six. That was probably more
1: puzzling than anything that you you for you guys not to go to fourth and two is that seems silly unless you're doing it from your own you know thirty yard line or something. And, and it and was two, plus they're forty five.
0: Yeah. But here, here go the Houston Texans. You know they're just throwing it all over the field, taking advantage of a weak secondary by the Buccaneers. They have Antoine Winfield Jr. and that—that's it. And they were just going all over the place, right? Putting up yards, putting up numbers, even trotting out a running back to to kick a field goal. I mean, they did everything. <laughs> what do what what do I get out of this? What do I get? out I get. A receiver a half second late from catching a Hail Mary pass. That's what that that I'm supposed to hang my hat on that saying, yes, we've arrived. Well, obviously we did in the following week. So though to me, those are two of the standouts. I don't know if you had anything that really stood out from last week that you that you wanted to talk about again just before we start to delve.
1: Well, I think I'm gonna I have that covered in my my rapid reaction section there. Um, I'll probably save it for that. Uh, 'Cause there's a lot there to unfold um in that. And I think it's gonna be a really good discussion. Um, you know, obviously I want your thoughts and feedbacks as well. Um, you watch the game like I did and you know, you have good insights and, and you hold me accountable, um and, and put me where I need to be if I'm if I'm you know, I'm going out there a little bit. So again, I you know, I'm seeing the doctor tonight, right? So um, you know, sometimes well, I need just the doctor watch
0: it. I'm going a- I'm gonna let you talk. Just go ahead and talk. Get, get, get it off your chest. You'll you'll feel so much better. You know, and, and maybe this should become a clinical show, right? So that we can help people through the five stages of grief, right? That I know that you and I both ha, have experienced. Yeah. I experienced it after the 13 second game, right? And it it took a long time, Stevie yeah. D. It took a long time. And, and you had it after Aaron. Right. yeah, I,
1: that was rough. and just when I thought I was coming out, I went right back in. It, it was and you told me like you're not out of it yet, right you're you're this is what's gonna happen. you're gonna have the ebbs and flows and I really did. I was in a dark place um, after that injury, but what's not in the rapid reaction when you ask me thoughts on it, you know, I've been going back and forth uh, on Facebook with fans on trap games and and it's not, when I disagree with folks, it's not necessarily trying to be negative about it or saying your you know your take is wrong. I think of trap games. You have to be an above average team to be to have something that's called a trap game. When you have a team that, if if you want to count every offense, defense, and special teams, thirty three percent all the way through, right, thirty three point three three, right, then you'd say. The Jets, one third of the Jets team doesn't show up. The reality is special teams is important, but not 33%. The offense and the defense actually have a little bit bigger role than special teams because they're out there so much more, you know, during the course of a game. You can't have trap games when your your offense is so poor because you, you can't take for granted that you can beat somebody. It's just not mm-hmm. there. And so that's why when, when people like to say when we're going up against the Giants or we're going up against the Chargers, oh, it's a trap game. Just because the Giants won two games, we only had three at the time. So how's the trap game? It's not like we were six and one going up into the Giants, and they were two and five. It wasn't that. It wasn't the case. So I, I don't think the Jets are worthy enough to call themselves and have trap games. Right. So that that's the one thing that uh, I think when we use that because we think we're better than another team. No, no, no. Our defense may be better than than the other defense we're going to play, but our offense really. Is 32nd in the league, 31st in the league. It's hard to win games when you score 14
0: points. So I I did think you were going to bring up the Raiders uh victory, right? Um after Josh McDaniels is jettisoned from the team, right? Antonio Pierce comes in there. We yeah, heard him at the press conference, conference, right? He he sounded he sounded a little bit like Dan Campbell. To be honest with you, right, with without the kneecaps, right, he, he wasn't biting off kneecaps. but it, it's that passion that he he sat at that podium with. Go ahead.
1: I liken Dan Campbell to Mike Tim Mike Tomlin, right. There's a mixture of a little bit of Mike Tomlin in his attitude. I, I don't know if you watch some of his other press conferences outside, like during the week, he, he's got a little bit of of both, like he's he's a mixture.
0: But, <laughs> well, I'm laughing. Cause Mike Tomlin said to, (laughs) to, to Pickens, you're a pebble in my shoe. Yes. I heard that today. (laughs) I heard
1: that today, but I'll tell you the fire, the passion, um, the changes that he brought in swiftly, uh, once McDaniels got fired, uh, the players took, took to it very, very Mm -hmm. nicely. And, uh, uh, I, I'm rooting not this week, but I'm rooting for Antonio. <laughs> right? I just I hope th- this week you don't have it. Um, but I, I think he he grew up there, right? He grew up in Compton, I believe is where he said he was from. He grew up in a he grew up a Raider fan. He knows the history of the Raiders. He can recite the history of the Raiders. Other than him playing for the Giants, I don't I don't know if there's a better person to bring in right now that can. Restore that Raider pride because sure. he knows all about it. He played at a high level. He's won Super Bowl. Um, he's from from well, not from Vegas, but we call him. He's from Raider Nation. He is Raider Nation. So sure. I think it's a great interim hire, and I hope it turns out that it, it will be a permanent hire um, out there in Vegas for the for him. Well, and I, I don't they... like the the comp. You know, people were trying to say, "Oh, this is uh, you know this is Jeff Saturday all over again." No, I, I don't believe no. so. Antonio Pierce has been a coach in the league for, what, five years, six years? He's, he's yes. done some coaching. Totally different than taking Jeff Saturday, who's who's working in the ESPN um, zone, and then all of a sudden you're, you're going to coach the Colts. It's totally two different things.
0: Antonio well, and best, best friends people. with the owner or good friends with the owner, that's how he got the job. So um, – Yeah, so I don't think it's the same. I think it's
1: unfair when people are trying to to say Saturday and Pierce are the same. They're not. They're totally different. So he may not have been a head coach, but he's been a linebacker's coach. He's been around the game for for six, seven years in it. Jeff Saturday was out of the game for how long? And then, oh, okay, we're just going to pop you in. So not the same. People are just, I don't know. I I don't agree with that take. Not for me.
0: So So what I do like for Antonio Pierce, he's going into a situation, it was bad coaching that was driving the failures of the Raiders, right? Call it what it is. They have a decent roster. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, you know, they have to figure out the quarterback thing. Jimmy G, we, we've we said it for for months and for years. Jimmy G is not the, not the answer. And why you got rid of, of Carr, especially bringing in Adams, why you got rid of Carr to go with Jimmy G, mind-blowing, right? So now they're going with Aiden O'Connell. So, we'll, you know, He's gonna have his ups and downs. I get that, but still, you to look. To week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if you look, if you look at their weapons, they have weapons, right? You, you have Adams and Myers, you know, on the outside. They they have the rookie tight end. They have Jacobs. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, you still have Max Crosby. I mean, they they have weapons. They have the talent on there to be better than what they are. I'm not going to call them a division winner, but they're certainly under Pierce from what we saw. They're going to challenge, and they'll make it difficult for the Chiefs. They're going to make it difficult for for the Jets, right? They're going to make it difficult for a lot of teams. Whether or not they win, you know, I'm not going to say that. But um, it's amazing what you can see night and day difference by, you know, cutting out that cancer. But think about it, and they're four and five.
1: Right. It's not like they're two and six. They were one and six, and then all of a sudden they won to go to go, you know, two and six. They, they're four and five. I mean, so when you think about the playoff race and the number seven spot, you, who knows, right? You're four and five, right? You get hot. I mean, in two weeks, you get hot and, and you go on a little bit of a run after you, you know, go to five and five after playing the Jets. And-
0: yeah. Absolutely. All right, Stevie D. It's, uh, I caught that, yeah. but. Uh, all right. I let I let me go first. <laughs> I wait a minute before we go. I, I had a comment, <laughs> Joey
1: Bats. Oh, uh, you know, I, I was telling my son this story before we get into it. He still hasn't forgotten. He said, Steve broke my ankle tackling me in schoolyard football. See, <laughs> now this was the controversy is that you know, Joe, everybody says it was past interference. So I got there too early. I don't think I got there too early. I didn't get there too early. I made the hit. I can't help it. You, you, you had, you know, not good bone
0: structure around the ankle. What oh, oh are you, I, I are you know. calling him soft? I, I don't even know that. Well, no, it, no, I'm not calling him. Sounds like you're calling it him soft. Sounds he's like he's a big, dude. He, he, like he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, I think you called him out. I think you called him out. Yeah, I,
1: you know what? Well, you know, now that I'm mean, so far away. I can get away with certain things, right? We're not, <laughs> not around the block anymore. He would chase me down. Yeah, we can arrange some plane tickets. (laughs) Now now he's like, I have arthritis. (laughs) We all got it, brother. We all got it now. (laughs) But, uh, no, but I I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, Joe, you correct me if I'm wrong, you retired, uh, NYPD. I don't think you were in the fire department. I think you were NYPD, if I'm not mistaken. I've been out of New York a long time, but uh, I think he's retired NYPD, one of our finest. So we always think he's service, uh. Uh for, uh, for New York, so anyway,
0: yeah, yep, NYPD just got, the, confirmed... got the confirmation, very yeah. nice, yeah. very yeah. nice. So, Stevie D, um, the score was not indicative of the game, yeah, right? 24 18 sounds like, oh wow, that was a, a barn burner, that was a nail biter. Uh, but really, what it was was a, a just a team taking really taking its foot off the gas because it, it you know I some may say our defense the Bills defense stepped up I I don't think so right? I I don't buy into that and yes they punted but he, here's how you know a team doesn't respect you these days Stevie D you watch this little round metal object go up in the air and you make the call heads or tails right and in today's game. Everybody wants to kick, right? They want to double dip. They want to get the ball at the end of the half, and then they get the ball coming out of halftime. But when a team doesn't respect your defense because they know that they can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it, you know what they say? We'll receive, right? You rarely see this except for when you feel as though you are more dominant than the other side. And so they took the ball. And what did they do? They went right down the field and scored a touchdown.
1: That's their mo against you, though. Uh, it as is. Far as I remember. I think the last three three times, right it down is. the field, scored every time. I mean, right down the
0: field. And that's because they have no fear, right, Sean McDermott. You are you are the defensive coordinator. They they have no fear. They punked you on that on that opening kickoff, right? And now, what does it do? because you weren't able to stop them, you're playing catch-up, right? And so luckily, and I say luckily, we were able to go back down the field and match them, but then that was it. That was it, Stevie D. For the longest time, that was it. And it it really bugs me that Sean McDermott – I get that our defense has injuries, right? And and we have a ton of injuries, Stevie D, and and there's nothing – that you could do about that but if you're supposed to be a defensive guru if you're supposed to be a defensive genius right then you find a way right you you've decided to go to more of a dying defense right they move out of your out of your big nickel but that didn't work and and you were not able to stop them you just traded for a big mass of humanity (laughs) right to to be in the middle to to clog up the run and when he did get in the game, made a phenomenal play, right? It, I he mean, almost really was on the verge of getting a penalty for the way that he threw down Burrow, right? But that those are the things that you do. And that just wasn't being done um, by our defense. And it, it really shows the the conflict there that you have from a head coach and a defensive coordinator. I didn't want to go to Stevie D. I don't like to talk about penalties. Like, right? especially when you lose and you talk about penalties, right? Now, now you're crying. Now, now it's sour grapes. I have the clip. We're not gonna show the clip tonight, but I'm going to tell you that Dalton Kincaid was tripped with a soccer-style slide tackle.
1: Yeah, that was right? pretty bad. At,
0: at what point? At what point do we do we just say, okay, enough is enough from the, the ineptness and the lack of really owning and calling a game? I will never say that a game is fixed. Right? I, I, I'm not going to say that. I don't believe that. I think a lot of people use that term just because it's the Vogue thing to say with, with more gambling happening and everything else. I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is – could it be favoritism? Could it be a fact that you have a new generation of referees that are in the game that really have no clue, right? Could it be that? How do you miss this? It's right in front of your face. You see the guy sliding like he's sliding in the third, right? And then he lift that leg up, He
1: right? When you go feet first, he brought that leg up to trip him. And honestly, for that to be gone without a penalty, and I'm surprised we haven't heard anything of a fine. Because they still I find agree. you, even though there's not. That is a dangerous. You're talking about you can break a leg, an ankle, Joey. <laughs> um, right? It's dangerous. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> right? It's a dangerous play, and, and the player should be held accountable. I can't believe you missed it. I thought there was three to four calls. My old age is is, is I can't recall each one, but I thought there was three to four calls in that game that I was like, man, that that's. That seems odd. Like that's a very uh, three to four, like three to four to zero. Yeah. Right? If they evened out somewhat to a, to the game, I can, I'm okay with that. Right. All right. You got four. We wound up getting two. So we're in a negative two. I can make with that. that.
0: Yeah. But,
1: yes. But when it's all one-sided and again, I don't have any skim in the game. Right. For me, you know, other than obviously as a jet fan yet, you, you know, I'm not going to say, but there's times where, all right, in the standings you're you're trying to, you know, you're trying to gain ground, right? And uh, it's – I just was thought, man, man, that's weird, man. That's weird. If I was watching, if I was a fan, I would,
0: man, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're not giving me a chance. You're not giving me a chance. So that one bothered me with the fact of not getting the penalty because that would have been a 15-yarder. But what really bothered me – is the fact that Kincaid got up limping. That bothered me more than the 15-yard penalty, right? Because you could hurt somebody. That's why there's a penalty, because somebody can be hurt. And he got up limping because you went right on his shin like that. And the next play went to Dalton Kincaid, and the guy couldn't even move. I think he caught it and just went out of bounds, and then
1: he was out, right? And then he attended to him. And then that player who slid, he got hurt. And yep. he was out on the same play, right? So yep. it just that's why I hope the NFL's gotta look at that and say there's something there and and, and a heavy fine should go down. I think it's probably only a thirteen thousand dollar fine, um, you know, type of deal, but it, it should be more because that's a that's dangerous, really dangerous. You can really put somebody out a long time, right? Look, did you did you see the that poor player from the Steelers? Um last week on the Sunday, he was cutting across and he got hit. By the player on the knee, it was almost like the, um, the running back for the uh, Nick Chubb injury. It was very like that. How, okay. You know, you're hitting, your knee hits, your body goes and your knee doesn't. And it how he bent, oh boy. And uh, that, that kid's out for the year for the Steelers. And, and it's, again, not the same type of hit, but it's stuff that we, you got to get the tripping out. That was really dangerous. Really dangerous. Those guys are going full speed and you're tripping. You know, when you're at the line and you trip somebody, you're not going 15 miles an hour, right? You're going at three miles an hour. I'm not, you know, it's. I'm not saying it's not worth as much as what happened here. That's not where I'm going. It's just, it's a lot more violent and you can really break a bone. You can really break a bone. So,
0: yeah. Hey, hey, Joey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, there's another penalty. And again, not to make this all about the penalties, Stevie D. <laughs> um, but then you had the Josh Allen taunting. Okay. I had, I don't have as much of an issue with the referees as I do with Josh Allen, because you know, the rules, right? You're the captain. You're the leader. If you want your guys to follow and to make sure that they're doing what's right, then you have to do what's right. And, and to taunt like that. however, <laughs> however, we I see it countless times. Love. Everybody giving deuces, giving peace sign, get pointing and doing all of that as they go into the end zone. You know, sometimes
1: it takes common sense, right? There's a rivalry between Buffalo and Cincinnati right now. Um, and it's a good one, right? Because you got two really good teams, a lot of star power. Uh, we know the history of the last few years with the playoffs and some regular season games. I think you got to give some leeway. Uh, to players, to let them be themselves in a game like that, um, and and it's a shame. It, it's a shame that it got called. But here's something that that's really bizarre to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think the touchdown should have stood. I don't think the touchdown should have stood because the penalty happened before he crossed before he crossed the end zone. <laughs> this right? is true. And I, look, I don't think it's a really, penalty we to begin too. with, right? The, so I just want exactly. to make that clear. But in the in the rule. It's not a dead ball foul. So I told before I crossed the line of scrimmage, it should be at where the taunt happened minus the five ten, whatever they consider it to be a penalty.
0: That's right. That was
1: the strange part to me. That was the strange because more taunting penalties happen after the touchdown scored, excess celebration, whatever the case may be, and they hit you with the 15-yarder, add it on to the kickoff, and off you go. This happened before you crossed the the goal line. So I I thought that was odd.
0: Yeah. No, you're, you're spot on. So maybe we got a break. Then it then it would have then it would 24 no, I don't think that was your break. I just think that's the 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 the
1: odd rule, the odd rule in the NFL. But you know, when you guys went down the field and scored right away, when they scored, I said, ooh, mm-hmm. what did I text you? This is gonna be a shootout, right? Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a shootout. And then all of a sudden you guys went dormant Crickets. again. Crickets. Dormant.
0: Yeah. Crickets. Which leads me to the next. And I, I don't know if this is my ther- therapy or not. This used to be a glass of Kool-Aid, and I was drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Long Island I think <laughs> I, I never drank this the Sean McDermott Kool-Aid, and you know it. And anybody that's watched the podcast where he said trust the process. Don't give me that crap, right? That that was his line to make sure that he did not suffer the fate of you know, all of his predecessors who would come in for a year, maybe two and get run. Right. He wanted to get that five years. Now, in all fairness, I agree with him that, and for any organization, you can't consistently churn coaches. They have to go through the process of the free agents, the draft, Right, they they have to build, rebuild the culture. All of that happens usually within the three years, right? And then it's that fourth year, and you're hoping. Sometimes teams strike get strike lightning in a bottle, right? That does happen, right? That does happen, but more often than not, you're rebuilding something, especially teams that are so fractured, right? You're rebuilding. Not only what's on the field, you're rebuilding what's in the clubhouse. You're rebuilding your medical staff. You're rebuilding your training staff. You're rebuilding the front office. You're rebuilding the culture in the in the in the inner workings of that that facility. And so it takes a while, right? You, you, when Rex was there, you know, Rex was pounding his chest, right, and you know, doing all kinds of crazy things, and you had to get rid of that. I understand that, but at the end of the day, you as an owner, Terry pergula you have to look at where this team is headed and who is steering the ship and the decisions that are being made. Let's just look at the on-field decisions. okay? We're not going to talk about what's happening between the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator and the head coach. Let me just give you the sample size. We talk about it all the time, Stevie D. And it bugs me. The use of timeouts that Sean McDermott uses is like he is the smartest man. He, like he is the smartest man in on the field, right? That that nobody knows more than he does. And he tries to the last second to look at what the offense is putting out there. Well, the offense could be putting out a dummy formation knowing that you're going to call a timeout, right? The offense can audible based on what whatever defense you're coming out there with. So there, there's a lot of things that go into that. Has it worked? Okay, we'll say it's worked sometimes, right? There's sometimes that it doesn't work, right? But you have to look at as a game manager, and as the head coach, you are the game manager. You have to look at when do I do certain things when don't I do certain things? If I make a call, if I make a decision, how will it impact me late in the game? Case in point, let's go back to Cincinnati, right? If we go back to the videotape in the Cincinnati game, you want to challenge a catch or non-catch by Trent Sherfield on the side where the ball looked like it hit the ground. Trent is saying, it hit my hand. There's no real way to tell. And I don't know who was upstairs calling down to him, part of that video team saying, oh, you got a challenge. That was not a challengeable play. First of all, it was first down, right? So what, what are you gaining out of that? You're not in the red zone, right? It's not late in the game where that is so crucial. Right. The very the next play. More important. Timeout's more Absolutely. important when you're losing than a, a five- to
1: six-yard challenge play on first down.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Is that a desperation a, play right there? Is that a desperation? I don't know, I don't know what it is. Right? Like, I really don't. I don't know what it is. Now, Joey's saying that, that it was a catch. Joe, we don't know that it was a catch. We don't know. Right?
1: That ball sprung it, up. That ball sprung up like it hit the turf. I don't know if it would have sprung up the same velocity if it hit the hand, but uh, we don't. I don't know. Here's don't here's know. the
0: thing: we don't know, right? Was it ruled it the was the catch not, on the field? No, it was ruled. Right, as so that's where, yeah. And yeah, so, if you don't know, in in your heart, you may think it is, but if it's not clear cut, why are you challenging? What what are you gaining out of it? There was nothing to gain out of it. Was a, it was really a lose lose situation. And so now you go down, and then all of a sudden uh, it was T. Higgins with a play that was clearly not a catch, and you don't have the ability or you don't want to challenge that. What, What are you thinking in your mind? You got scared. That's what you were thinking. You got scared. I can't afford to lose another timeout. Well, you shouldn't have used it on that one. That was the stupidest challenge in the world. But let's let's let the game flow. As the game flows, you get down now into late game. Right. You score. You kick off. You're hoping that you can stop them. Your vaunted defense can't. But now you have no timeouts. You have no timeouts. And and you wasted that timeout. It's coaching decisions on the field that that are a problem but it goes beyond that because if you look at the team and you look at the way that the offense is being coached, we have debated this week after week, right? It's Ken Dorsey. It's Ken Dorsey. Well, wait a minute. Is it really Ken Dorsey? Ken Dorsey is the figurehead that we're pointing to saying that that's the problem. But if you start to really, you know, in, in, um, remember, uh, Scooby-Doo, the mysteries, the Scooby-Doo mysteries, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the kids would go through and they they find out, you know, oh, it was so-and-so. And right. then they pull off the mask and they'd be like, oh, no, it's old man Jennings, right? If you pull off Ken Dorsey's mask, oh, no, it's Sean McDermott, right? Because it's That is Mc- great.
1: That is a yeah. great one,
0: yeah. Nicely because done. it is Sean McDermott who is dictating – what he wants to have done. This is his team, and this is how he wants it to operate. Similar, right, and very vocal to Jerry Jones, how he wants things to, to operate in Dallas. We know about that. He's open about that. right? He's the owner. <laughs> he, he, oh, he is the <laughs> owner. But Sean McDermott, right, very quietly, right, will come up to the podium and drop little nuggets, but at the end of the day, he's leaving – his offensive coordinator out on an island. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of Ken Dorsey. I'm not. But what McDermott is doing is that A, he's going under the guys that he wants to protect Josh Allen. We all know it. You don't, you need to just come out and say it because we all know it. You have changed Josh's style of play. You've changed his style of play, and you say that, you know, well, I had Cam or I was with Cam down in Carolina. You could say that, sure. You could say, well, Josh is prone to the turnovers. You could say that, sure, right? But at the end of the day, when you start to change somebody from what they do, round peg, square hole, or or square yeah, peg, yeah. round yeah. hole, right? When you start to change that, you start to change the player themselves, right? And now they are not as effective as they used to be. This is where Josh is. I'm listening to people talk about Josh is is forcing things. Why is Josh forcing things? Because he's not back into his normal system, his, his normal mode of thinking when he's in the pocket. You watch Josh. Josh is hanging in the pocket way too long. And then when he decides to roll out, now all of a sudden things are starting to change a little bit. He's not seeing that field. Josh is missing wide open receivers. Go ahead. Looks like you're going to say something. Go ahead, Stevie. You maybe. know,
1: it, he's not the same. He's not the same because he's not – he's being coached and being told to do something different. We, we talked about it with Lamar Jackson, right? You have to let Lamar be Lamar or it doesn't work. And you're changing who Josh Allen is and, and he's just – the offense goes how Josh Allen goes. Absolutely. Right? And I think in his style of play and how he plays, you have to give him that freedom and that flexibility to be himself and your, your head coach, I, I
0: really do believe he's afraid to, that he gets hurt. What if he gets hurt? Not, let, well, let, let, me, let me add to that. Josh was selected by this administration, GM and head coach. They knew who they wanted. They wanted him because he had certain attributes that he could bring. He had a strong arm. They thought that would be good in Buffalo in the winter. He was mobile meaning that they knew that he could run and get out of the pocket, create difficulties for the defense. So why in the world are you taking that away from him? That's who you selected. That's the guy you selected. It's not like all of a sudden you get this guy coming in the camp and camp, you're like, ooh, I didn't know you could run that fast. Ooh, I didn't know you could hurdle guys. Ooh, I didn't know you could truck guys. Right? We knew this. Or they knew this, and they selected him. They could have taken anybody else besides Darnold and Mayfield. They had taken anybody else. You know, everybody likes the term analytics. <laughs> but
1: if you look at Josh Allen and you look at the analytics of what made Josh MVP candidate, it's letting Josh be himself. So you're actually going against the analytics and say, no, 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 we don't want you to be what made you so special. We want you to do it this way, and that way is not working. And, and you can see it when they're running fast and they're up tempo. Man, they're going, and then all of a sudden you're just like, "Why are you changing? Why are you changing it?" I, but it, it's my last three weeks. Your last three weeks scoring by quarter, I, it's on. Un, it's unbelievable. Your second and third quarter, you're like with the Jets at, at total points
0: being scored in those quarters. I mean, that's horrific. There's no reason. But it's 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 more than that, though. It's more than that, and this is where you know, and when you're driving in the Mystery Machine, and you see Ken Dorsey, that's why you think it's Ken Dorsey because some of his his play calling just it, it makes you scratch your head, right? If I were to look at my current State Bills team offensively, and I were to go back three years ago and I look at that team. I am a far superior team compared to that, right? Whether it be the Cole Beasleys of the world, the John Browns of the world, the Isaiah McKenzie's of the world, right? These guys that were just out there and making plays. But I look at what I have now, right? I still have Diggs. Now I have Khalil Shakir. I think he's better than McKenzie, right? I have Dalton Kincaid. And I have Dawson Knox, but now I have Dalton Kincaid, who is a matchup nightmare. I have Trent Sherfield, right? I have guys, and people may say, Trent who? Well, don't forget, Trent Shurfield was wide receiver number three behind Hill and Waddle. And really, when Waddle was hurt, he was wide receiver number two. So he's a legitimate receiver with speed. I have better weapons, but – these guys don't seem to get open, right? We don't put these guys in the position to get open so that Josh can hit them. Josh used to throw the deep ball. We don't throw the deep ball, and if we do, he's overthrown probably because he has to work out the kinks in his arm, right? And so it's you have to look and say, okay, well, what's different, right? We're better offensively. We have a better offensive line. We have better playmakers. We have guys that have been around that are, you know, kind of lost that moniker of being young and and rookies in the league. And now, you know, they're, they're established. They know how to play what's different. And it goes back to Dorsey, right? And this is where it's that mesh of Dorsey and, and McDermott. So, you know, when I, when I look at everything, it all funnels, You know whether it be the bad decision-making, whether it be the way the offense is being run, whether it be the way the defense is being run, and I'm not going to use the injuries as an excuse, the way the defense is being run. What you're trying to do, Sean McDermott, is you're trying to protect your defense, not your team. You're operating and you're thinking as a defensive coordinator, don't hurt my defense. Instead of thinking the big pitcher, how does my team win? And that's why things have changed on the offense. That's why we're not scoring Stevie D because they're trying to be very slow, methodical, try to keep the defense fresh right, and, and win and the time,
1: time of possession battle,
0: keep your defense. And you end up, up and you end up losing. And now you flip it and you lose the time of possession. You, you, you know what's funny about that? I think when the offense scores, it energizes
1: the defense sorry, my Absolutely. team's going out and score. They want to get back out on that field because Absolutely. they believe, okay, if something bad happens, I know my offense is going to go down and score. So I I, I, I don't – I'm with you. I don't subscribe if that's the way McDonald's thinking. Because if you have an offense that can score 35 points a game, I, I think your defense can hold teams on the
0: 35 points. Sorry, right? I, I think so too. Um, and and if, you're, <laughs> if you're chasing – if you're chasing – you're prone to make mistakes. If you're chasing, the defense can be more aggressive, right? You can see higher sack totals. You can see higher turnovers because all of a sudden they're forcing you kind of start dictating. That's if you're chasing. Listen, Joey brought up something here that I wanted to share with you, Stevie D. Share it again. I didn't see it. <laughs> Says, I hate to tell you this, but Josh is hurt. And that's why he didn't practice all last week. Yes. Well, it wasn't all last week, Joey. If you remember, he came back in for the Thursday, Friday. It was the up yep. until the Wednesday. But you're yep. right; it's not throwing shoulder. But here's the here's the thing. This is where I think that Josh could still be feeling the effects. The UCL back to back years started with Bryce Bryce Huff Bruce Huff, Bryce Huff. from you guys yeah. Bryce Huff started with Bryce Huff right where he came across and he grabbed yeah. the arm right. That was the first UCL. It was determined no surgery, just rest and kind of play through it. Josh was never really the same after that.
1: Partial tears are, are are still just from being around the baseball all the time, watching these kids go and being close to you know that a partial tear does make a difference in how you throw. It does because it's in your head that you can't yeah. fully tear it. You can't you can't let it go the way you normally do. Because
0: you're afraid of that. I, I believe he's got a partial tear. I do. Well, then the following season, the same thing, right? He ended up with that UCL injury. And I think it was the Miami game. Not sure exactly what game. Midseason, part, you know, he had, he had an issue with the UCL. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do. Bi-week falls in there, you know, rest and, and heal. Josh never missed a game. Never missed a game. Completed the season. But yet during the offseason, you didn't draw the line and say you have to have the surgery. You have everybody says rest will take care of it. Well, at the end of the day, if we start to go back and we start to try to find what's wrong with Josh, yes, he's still making some of the throws, some of the throws, but he's not the same Josh. Right? He's not the same Josh. Could be right? I'm throwing darts, Stevie D. I'm throwing darts. How, how do we fix this, right? And that's that's one of them that I've come to. But Stevie D, I know you want to get to your jet. So I do want to talk a little bit about the upcoming game. And I know re- real quick, I know Joey mentioned talking about Von Miller. That stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie, right? Von Miller played it right, except for Von was playing contained and he contained at the line of scrimmage, right? He didn't take that second or third yard to contain and seal. And so then that gave Mixon the opportunity to then to see where Miller was and then to bounce it wide, and Miller's making a a dive at, at his ankles, and he breaks free, and he gets the first down. That has nothing to do with injury. That has nothing to come back with training camp rust or anything like that. That is on Von Miller to say, Why did you stop? Did you get sucked in and then you realize and you were caught in no man's land? That was the issue there. But, Stevie D, as we look at the Broncos, I'll be honest with you, Stevie D, I don't know what to put up here. All right. <laughs> That play 60's been on there for a while. Well, and and I I believe the play 60, right? I do. I believe in the play 60 because, you know, that's playing 60 minutes of football, and we haven't done it. We haven't – you know, maybe it's my fault. Maybe when I started to put up their play 60, that's when they stopped playing 60 because they played, what, the first – well, defensively they didn't play the first drive, but the next six minutes of the game – And then after that, we didn't see it till the fourth quarter. So obviously that doesn't equal 60 minutes, so I don't know what happened there. Uh, Revert offensive scheme and play calling. You've got to go back, just like I was drawing that scenario, between what we're seeing with today's Buffalo Bills and you go back a couple years ago with less quality of talent on the field and guys were getting open. Right, You were adjusting. Guys were going in motion. There was only one time this year that I've seen a player go in motion that actually created separation. And that was the Hardy touchdown or two-point yes. conversion. Yes. And, and I think I showed that video on, on, on our podcast. That's the only time. And if it worked, then you should say, hey, here's something that can work. But we need we need to we need to reinvent or, or rediscover or revert back to the old offensive scheme and play calling. And we have to win the turnover battle, something that we've lacked. Now, I will tell you that the turnover battle started to go away as soon as we lost Matt Milano. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, Stevie D, each day, each game that he doesn't play. I'm developing a man crush. I'm at Milano. That guy is just a flat out stud, right? Yeah. And, and you don't realize it sometimes. You don't realize what you have until it's gone.
1: Yeah, it reminded me of when CJ, his first year as a Jet, and what he brought, and then all of a sudden he got hurt, and it was like, oh my God, we had that guy ran the whole defense. Milano's right. all over the place. He is all over the place. He is a, you know, He's that type of uh, that first team all pro type player, and that yes. hurts. That hurts. I mean, it's hard to replace a first team all pro linebacker. Hard, hard, hard to do that.
0: And, and that, when that's, when your, you that's your Mike,
1: that's your Mike linebacker.
0: That yep. is. He tells everybody where to be. That so. that's exactly right, and, and you have Poyer and High. They're getting long in the tooth they're, they're you know as you getting get older, it's harder number. to recover from injuries yep. right They're out there and they're gamers, don't get me wrong, still love those guys out there. But when you when you look at it in a 360 view, what has changed in that turnover battle? Matt Milano. We have to find a way to not be so dependent on Matt Milano so that when he comes, he's the cherry on top, and you have guys, whether it be the defensive line, whether it be Bernard or Dodson, or you have Taron Johnson or, you know, the safeties, player and height. these guys have got to step up and start winning this turnover battle. We've got to do that. What to watch for, Stevie D, as I go to what to watch for? Just enjoying Dalton Kincaid you know, consistently emerging. I am going to tell you, Stevie D, I said it before in the podcast. And I told you, I told you this a long time ago, I cannot draft Buffalo Bills to my fantasy team. I told you this. <laughs> and so I went against the green. I went against conventional wisdom and I drafted Dalton Kincaid K- to, to my fantasy team. Thinking nobody knows about him. I'm gonna sneak him in here. He's gonna be great. Slow start, slow start, slow start. Then I realize it's my fault. It's my fault why he's having a slow start, Stevie D. Mm, and I right. can bring up the tra- I can bring up the transactions. I can show you the transactions where OW Sports, that's the name of, of my fantasy team, cut Dalton Kincaid. And since we cut Dalton Kincaid, <laughs> he is somebody been else balling. is saying
1: thank you. Somebody else they, is saying thank you. Who is that nut job at OW Sports
0: cutting Dalton Kincaid? What <laughs> is he out of his mind? That's exactly what they're saying. The good, thing, the good thing here is that hopefully I did it early enough where, you know, except for CJ Stroud, maybe he'll be, you know, second place for rookie of the year. Um, new players adjusting. Right. You have Joseph. You have Douglas. Um, We need these guys to get up to speed as quickly as possible. We need you. Right. We absolutely need you. Uh, Whether it be playing corner, we, you know, we had some guys that Benford went out. Um, Dane Jackson got hurt in the game. Right. So definitely need Douglas don't want to see Josh Norman out there unless Josh is trying to uh, rehabilitate his name in likeness. Right. Uh, but don't need to see him out there. I'd like to see Rasul Douglas and then Josh Allen's confidence, right? I think we're at the point now where I truly do believe, Stevie D, that there is a level, you know, with the confidence in in your mind, right? Can you get it done? We saw the pass that he threw to Kincaid through a bullet. You he, he heard Collins were talking about oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what he was throwing, right? I just it, but he knows better, right? He knows better. Yeah. Overthrowing receivers by 10 yards. Right. Josh is better than that. And I think that that all goes into his mind, whether to run or or to stay in the pocket. Josh has got to be his own player at this point. He's a veteran. He, he's won all the accolades. He, he can get on the field and he can come back to the sideline and say, look, Sean Ken, this is what happened. This is what I saw. And this is why I got that first down. This is why I got that touchdown.
1: You know, um, could there be a Madden curse here? Just a different
0: type of Madden curse? I don't think so. I I, I don't think I don't think so. I, I I see I see you talking. No, but, but you I, know what I'm saying because we always our uh, injury, right, with the Madden curse. But is it the
1: curse of your? Coaching staff that's killing Josh Allen on the cover, right? I mean, I mean it doesn't necessarily mean injury. It just means this is sabotage, right? The Beastie Boys, right? Sabotage, right? It's just, he's on the cover, and we're gonna kill him. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just, it's weird. I don't know. So,
0: well, it could be right. It, it, at the end of the day, it's gonna fall into that bucket of another player under the Madden curse. It will. Right, because it's just not what we expect. So um I've stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. Um I have more to say about Sean McDermott, but I want to be mindful of time. Um, and maybe I'll have a special show on why Sean McDermott needs to go. Uh and then I will say this. I dropped an Easter egg last week, Michigan. Right. And my next Easter egg was going to come out. And then all of a sudden the Raiders fired Josh McDaniel, which then changes everything because now I don't think my Easter egg. So long story short, my hope was that, or my thought was, if Buffalo did not make the playoffs, that Pagula would really give consideration to bringing in a different head coach and that he would look to Michigan and look to, Jim Harbaugh, who we know is on his way out and wants to get back to the NFL. That's that was kind of where my head was going, because if you look the landscape, right, maybe the maybe if you were to make a change, the question is who? Right. Who do you get? And I don't really see a name out there of anybody who you would want to get. Right. Because you're you're at the point where you need a veteran. But you need a coach that's gone through and and is not cutting his teeth with this team. This is a veteran team. This is a team that really is on the precipice of being great. But there's something that's holding them back. And so, if you look at the the Lions OC, who's getting a lot of lot of noise, you know about about him and getting a head coaching job. I don't want him. Right? He may be great, Stevie D. He may be great, but I don't want a guy that's trying to figure out how to challenge, when to challenge, how to use timeouts, how to manage the clock. I don't want that. I want a guy that's already gone through that. And, and that that's really what we're looking for.
1: Well, I don't know if your team's going to pull the plug at the end of the year. I, I, you know, if your coach and, and your owner are really tight, I think it's, uh, it's a bad mixture uh, when they get really tight. I, as an owner, I think you have to stop and look at it and say, I'm wasting a huge window with this team and I just don't think you're the guy and we got to go in a direction. And then your, your search says I'm not ready to overhaul this whole roster. Correct. So you have to be able to come in with this roster and win with it because I'm not going through a rebuild because I can't, you can't afford a rebuild, right? Your team is now not three years from now. Right. When everybody starts getting older and they, they start breaking down, you you have a window, right? Unless you're able to replenish. Right, get the older stars over. I mean, I'm not a Bill Belichick guy, but you know, it comes back to that same line of uh I'd rather get get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late. And yeah, in the NFL, it really is true because it's hard to hold on to players that are past
0: their prime. So and and, and what I'm saying is not something that hasn't been done, it hasn't been done. Recently. Example. Yeah, I mean, it's been done. You you have to make that decision in order to get over the hump. Thank you, right? Kudos. And when we win, we'll give you the, we'll give you a ring, right? You can have a ring, make it, make an extra one for him, Terry, because he got you there and you needed to get there, but now you need to win. So, all right, Stevie D, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: Yeah. Well, jet fans, whew, it was a rough one. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know we got this video clip and, and, and it's a video clip that you may, you're going to watch it, listen to it. And you're going to say, this guy nuts. It's not a jet clip, but it will lead into my rapid reaction from the game.
0: Uh, well, we can- actually, actually, and I'm sorry for this. I, I, you you have to keep me on point. We do have um, sponsorships and in, in, lo and behold, OW Sports now has commercials. <laughs> so let, let let's let's move to this, and then we'll be right back.
1: Hi there, I'm Tanya from Majestically Rooted. I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about why your mind-body connection and stretching is so important. Yoga is a practice that helps manage your tension and stress, as well as increases your flexibility, your range of motion, may declutter that mental chatter, and help you sleep at night. It is a practice that transformed my life, and it may just help transform yours. So come visit me, majestically rooted in the heart of Tampa, and check the link below for
0: more details. Namaste. Now, yep. if you remember, Tanya actually was a guest on our show. Uh, Eagles fan. Yes, the Eagles fan. That's absolutely right. So um, she has a new yoga studio uh, in Tampa, and um, she wanted to get some air I was like, absolutely. Right? Come on. Uh, so it kind of gives us a little bit more legitimacy here. Stevie, we have a commercial break, <laughs> but now you, you were, you were
1: saying. Yeah. The, um, I want, let's go ahead. And, if you can play that clip, it, it's one of those, um, classic. Yeah. It's a classic. That's
0: why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass, but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook.
1: I mean, it's a classic line, and I, and I and when I when I think of Jets and I think of Jet fans, look. When we talk about Zach Wilson, as, as you bring up the slide on on the rapper reaction slide, right? We knew exactly what Zach Wilson was and is, right? That's why they traded for. Um, they traded for Aaron Rodgers. If you can put us back on the screen, um, yeah. so people can see us. But it's like. Um, Zach Wilson just overnight was not going to be five months around Aaron Rodgers, and everything was going to be great. When Aaron Rodgers went down in four plays and we all knew it as fans, he was not coming back, especially when they started zooming in on the ankle. You knew what happened. Didn't take rocket science to figure out. We knew the season was going to be rough with Zach Wilson. Just that's why they made the trade. Right. I just said it. So I think, um, yes. Right, John. And so. We know who he was. He's made some progress in certain areas. And in certain areas, you're saying, you know, he, he's got to be better. But really, at this game, this was a game when the Jets were four and three. It was a very winnable game at home. On Monday night football, the energy is there. The fans brought the energy, right? It it was it was electric. Right. And and we laid an egg. That's the best way to put it. You laid an egg, except for your defense, right? So let's get into it, right? The keys to victory was simply win the turnover battle, right? I said it last week, win the turnover battle. Plus two, we were minus three, okay? Now, as Jeff fans know, we are not good when we are second and 12, second and 13 because we had a minus play on first down or a whole play on first down to go to first and 20, right? When you think of pre snap penalties, it's a joke. The pre snap penalties were were a joke, right? Even some of the penalties that we had downfield on good, nice chunk plays, right? 15 yards, 20 yards, comes back for a penalty. Silly, silly mistakes. And I'm going to get into why and who's accountable for those silly mistakes. We give up eight sacks. Now, eight sacks is a lot. I don't give it all on the offensive line. Some of that's on Zach Wilson. Two and a half seconds, kid. You got to get it out. Four seconds, four and a half. It doesn't work in the NFL. I I commend you for hanging in the pocket because their first two years, you used to run out like a scared child, run back 20 yards to outrun the defender, do the big loop, and then try and hit somebody downfield. You're actually standing in the pocket like a quarterback. But like most good quarterbacks will do, or average quarterbacks, they have the timer. You grew up with a timer in your head, right? It's two and a half seconds. Your stats are great with two and a half seconds. Four seconds don't get it done, right? 63% pass. Now, I know the Chargers had the worst passing defense going into that game. When we know Zach is not a thrower of the football, where he's going to light you up, 63% Passing is way too high, way too high. We're, that's above our normal average of 62 or 61%. I think we're with 61%. We're now 63 for this game. mind You got Brees Hall ready to go. Feed him the ball. Let him get into the game. Let, let the run game kind of set up the passing game. I, just 63% is too high. And then I, I said coaching needs to be better. Now, when I say coaching needs to be better, it kind of ties back into all of this. And I've been really posting a lot about this this week. Okay. It's called discipline and accountability. And that's what my coach needs to be, Robert Sala. You can't be buddy-buddy all the time. These pre snap penalties is a lack of discipline and holding your players accountable. And that goes directly to the coaching staff because you're letting it happen. It's been going on for weeks. And this team cannot get down the field and score points when we have pre-snap penalties and useless penalties. I mean, come on, guys. Concentrate. You know when you say play 60? Concentrate and do your job on the play. You know better than that.
0: Steve, and- I I, I, I smile because <clears throat> during training camp, when we had one of the podcasts during training camp, I remember Salah and you, you highlighting the point Salah said, you know, we have the four Cs, right? Which one do you fall into? Right. Well, you, you've just flipped it back on Salah with really it boils down to discipline and accountability, right? Forget your four C's. It's discipline and accountability. Hold your team accountable. Your I, team I needs don't your need mind.
1: a best friend. I need a coach.
0: I need, a coach. I need, a coach. I need a
1: coach. I need a coach. And I love Robert Salah. You know, I've never really said anything bad about Robert Salah before, right? I know you've been critical and I've always kind of defended him, right? Yeah. But this game was the tipping point for me. I'm not saying he should be fired, but man, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. Right? And and he stands there on the sideline like this, like I don't have any answers.
0: Well, standing
1: there like a statue is not going to get you the answers. It's called go get him on the sideline. Right. When the defense is out on the field, I don't need you to watch the defense every moment on every play. You have a defensive coordinator. Why don't you go get to the offense and get in their ear a little bit and saying, hey guys. Stop with the penalties or bench a player, sit the player, right? Alan Lazardo had a perfect opportunity to be sat in that game. Didn't do it, right? You're not holding anybody accountable. It's, what is that saying? It's um, when they say that somebody's running, the the patients are running the asylum. That's what I feel like because he's a player's coach. And, right, he's, wow, we got, and his press conference is the same thing every game. It's the same message. That's another thing. You're saying the same thing. We're so close and we're this and we're that. No, coach, it's every week. We're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing,
0: expecting a different result.
1: That's right. And that is what is happening here with this Jets team. And somebody needs to be a mentor to Robert Sala to get him over this hump because it's not working. And, you know, we all say this with teams. When you say the same thing over and over, it's like to a child. The child will tune you out when it's mm-hmm. the same message over and over again because you don't hold somebody accountable and you don't have discipline. And when you don't have that, they're not, they're not going to do anything. I don't care. You know what? If you get benched and, you're, and you're, you're a free agent at the end of the year and you don't have the tape to prove your next contract, well, you know what? That's how you get a player back, right? Because we've all seen it. Denzel Mills couldn't get on the field. Elijah Moore was a problem. We traded him. So the Jets have precedence on players that they want to sit. They just have to do it to more players mm-hmm. to hold them accountable. Something has to be done. And I just, I, it's on the coach. Right. And at the end of the so, day, it's so it one very of the things, frustrating so to watch this unfold. On one of the things,
0: let, let, let me ask you this question from a defensive perspective. Your defense is, is pretty rock solid. Uh um, but I would I would assume that the the two leaders of your defense would be C J Mosley and would probably Sauce in the in the secondary. Quinnen, f- Quinnen and C J
1: would be our okay.
0: Captains. But but more than a captain though, who who's holding them accountable? Because you have to Quinnen. have somebody on the field. So Quinnen. Yeah, I think it's Quinnen. C J gets more in front of the camera, like in post
1: game press conferences than Quinnen does. Um, so maybe it's C J. Uh,
0: but I know the team respects the heck out of Quinn. And, so then right? the question is, who do you have on offense to do that? No, normally, no, it, normally it's your quarterback, right? It's a great point, right? Because when your quarterback is not respected, mm-hmm.
1: when you have no respect for your quarterback, that's the guy that holds everybody accountable. I think that's where you're going with it. Right? Yeah. Right? And, and I said it on, on a post with somebody is that as a quarterback – you run the team, and I do believe if Aaron Rodgers was back there, the pre-staff penalties wouldn't happen, and your offensive line, you're going to get your stuff together, you're out. Because Aaron Rodgers is not going to put up with it. Any elite quarterback will not mm-hmm. put up with it. Don't go to the coaching staff. Get him out. I want him out. He, he He's not handling it. I'm, I'm done. We've seen quarterbacks from the turn of time, the elites, yelling at the players. Right? There was a great clip of Peyton Manning getting in Jeff Saturday's face years ago. And he's like, oh man, I forgot I was mic'd up. It's a it's a famous scene. He Peyton didn't realize he was backed up that the whole town, the whole city was gonna hear it. But it's okay to do that. But that's what a top quarterback, when they respect, you can do that. They have no respect. There were moments in that game I thought, man, Zach, go and settle these guys down. Get in their <clears> face <throat> and settle them down. But he can't because he doesn't have the respect because nobody believes in him. I don't care what they say in front of the camera, they just don't have respect for him
0: because you he's see, a I- best. I, I don't see, and you would know better than I, but I don't see that leader uh, from the offensive line. No. I, and you, too too young, too not established, from a Cobb, from yeah. from a Lazard, from a Wilson. Wilson's still too young. Hall's still too young. You don't have that. So if you don't have that, then that's where it's up to either Hackett or Salah to be that leader until somebody either steps into that role or Jerry Rogers comes back. You know,
1: you saw Hackett on the sidelines in Denver and he looked overwhelmed, right? I look at Hackett and I don't see him. Um, I see him going over and talk to a quarterback, but I don't see him gathering his troops together um, and talking to them. I just don't see that interaction because look, From the home? camera, stuff's going wrong. That camera's on the sideline. If From it was home? a coach or you had a group of people, they would, they would zoom in on that. You just mm. don't see it. Right. Where is bringing the team together and talking through what, what's happening. And again, so do I build the offensive line. I mean, it's a makeshift line. It, it is right now, but in the same token, I know it's eight sacks given up, but not all eight sacks are on that offensive line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans. Right. It's,
0: it some of it is on Zach, right? So, I mean, so Stevie D John, John John posted that the QB should be the leader of the team. I think we can all agree with that. He says, seems like Zach is along for the ride. I, I, I disagree with that a little bit, John. Um, because think it, think about where Zach is now. Um, he he's a, he's in a place of trying to rediscover himself, right? Uh, he he was a guy you you know high, highly sought after, drafted number two, um, went through ups and downs, got hurt, then came back the next year, ups and downs, lost his job right to Mike White, lost the confidence and the faith. It really was on the verge of being jettisoned. Stevie D, you and I talked about this, right? And. Then the Rogers injury happens, and now he gets his shot. Right, this is his his redemption. He can use what he's learned from Aaron. He can have Aaron in in his ear. I don't think he's along for the ride, but i I don't think he knows what to do. I, I think there's a difference, right? If he was just complacent and just you know, kind of like a, a Bobby Hoyer, right? One of those guys. They're they're along for the ride. They'll just go. He's still really a rookie. He, he acts like a rookie for a third-year player. Yeah, but he he hasn't had the guidance. We, we talked about it when when the unfortunate passing in that right, that was supposed to be the guy to help guide him along. And then after that there was nobody. There was nobody. They didn't they didn't hire a replacement. And there was nobody last year. And so now he's got a guy to kind of help guide him, but now this guy is back and forth between L.A. getting rehab, so he's not really there to guide him, talk to him a little bit in training camp, he still doesn't have that mentor, right? We talk about Stevie D, rookie quarterbacks, right? What's the best way to handle? Take C.J. Stroud out of the equation right now, right? Because that goes against everything. But we look at, like, how a Patrick Mahomes was handled. We look at how a Josh Allen was handled. These guys sat, they learned, they watched, they studied, right? And then when their shot came, then they were able to kind of take those reins yeah this didn't happen for 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 zach no, but, and, and but it, it's, thing.
1: it's the story of the new york jets right The story. mark sanchez at least had an offensive line when he came in and he had a great running game mark sanchez as a rookie in 09 right they got lucky they backed into the playoffs and they made a run to the afc championship game when he was a rookie right they rinse and repeated in 2010 Got back to the AFC Championship game, won 11-5, a much better year. But Mark was still a turnover machine his first two years, 56 turnovers in two years, right? It's tough. Sam Darnold was a bust. We had no line. We had no weapons for him. We drafted this kid, played him in game one uh, when he started, right, against Detroit on, on, uh, on Monday Night Football. Um And we didn't give him any support. Adam Gase, I didn't help him out. Uh, that's lovely. Right. So what do we do? We change out coaching staff, GM and everybody. We draft a kid and we had the right idea with Greg Knapp. God rest his soul. He got hit by a car riding a bicycle. I, look, it's tough. You'll lose a person. But at the end of the day, the business goes on. If I got hit by a bus tomorrow, my company's going to feel bad. Right. But they're going to put the job posting to find my replacement. Right. So the same thing, the, the Jets did not support Zach properly. And didn't give him a really good veteran backup like a Josh McCown could have been for him, right? Not Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was not the answer, right? No. As a veteran press. Right. <laughs> so we we again failed a young kid. Now you fast forward to 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 year three with him. I think there's some areas of his game he has improved. But the areas we really need him to improve upon is that he's he's trying to not turn the ball over and he's missing windows where he needs to get the ball out. And now he's getting stacked because his sack rate is just too high. Mm-hmm. Um, you got it. Cause again, you get sacked minus seven yards. We're not good enough to come out from that deficit. Right. I also believe Hackett again, when I watch the old 22, it's the formations that what works for Zach Wilson, I can tell you bunch formations at the line of scrimmage like a 3 tight end set and pass the ball were not good. But trips right, trips left, bunch formations and then everybody calls out, he's no good. You watch the tape, he's not the same quarterback. You got to put him in formations that he's comfortable with. People are going to say, "Well, you know, you're an NFL quarterback, you should be able to handle all formations." At the end of the day, I'm just trying to do I'm trying to go from the 31st ranked offense just get me to 22. Right, I don't need to be a top 15. I got a stout defense. Right, this weekend was on display again. 136 yards passing to Herbert under 200 total yards. I don't need you to be top 10. I need you to be 22. Give me the 22. All right, get me 18 points a game. So our defense feels like okay, we got a chance. And in and, and kicking and field goals, we can't score touchdowns. We have in the last the last four touchdowns that we've scored. Three of the four were one place, and we were in the end zone. Think about that. C.J. Stroud had five touchdown passes in one game. I think we got five touchdowns all year. Think about that. Let that that kind of sink in, right? So I think we have a little bit more than five, but it's the point of we just can't get the ball in the end zone, right? Sure. And and it's just – it's sad, and I I just – it's coaching, coaching, coaching. I, I think
0: to be cleaned up. I think Hackett. I want to be careful as I say this. I'm not trying to alienate my my jet friends over there, but I think Hackett is one of the biggest issues that you have. Hackett, got issues with his father. His father still haunts me. His so father you still have. Haunts me. I remember being up at the
1: Meadowlands. Chenton Hackett must go. He was a horrible offensive coordinator, his father for the Jets
0: in the so early 2000s. It's horrible. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett comes to your team because of Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett was successful in Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. It's not that Nathaniel Hackett was successful. Aaron Rodgers was successful. Yep. And Nathaniel Hackett was holding on to the coat strings of Aaron Rodgers. When he got his chance to be on his own and away from Aaron Rodgers, we saw what a debacle that was. And so now he comes to the Jets to hang on to those coattails of Aaron Rodgers. And lo and behold... Aaron's not there. And so now it's time for Nathaniel to step up and he's failing to do so. I think that is the biggest issue that you have is Nathaniel Hackett in the way that he's treating in, in molding and working with Zach. Now, ultimately, I believe it goes to Salah, right? Because Salah should be all over this, but he's a first year head coach, just like McDermott. And these guys don't know what to do. Allah, I don't want a replacement with a first-year head coach, but that's where you are. Hackett's
1: not going anywhere. The fans nope. can all they want. You're, you're tied as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Jets, and you're you're going to have to deal with it. Because really at the end of the day, when, when Aaron Rodgers gets healthy, whether it's this year or I guess a couple of weeks, according to uh, the, the sound <laughs> clip, right? Although Aaron backtracked on that said he was just having fun with their own James. But uh, at the end of the day, when he comes back next year and he plays, He's running that offense. Hackett may call in a play, but when Aaron Rodgers does his pre-snap reads and he doesn't like something, he's changing his own play. Yep. And, and I would probably venture to say that 65% of plays that come out, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one influencing that play. And yep. I gotta be honest with you, I don't have a problem with it. Not because of Hackett. I trust a field journal that's been on the that has the track record of winning. Turnover to interception ratio, right? He, he's earned that right in, in being a top where he was in, in his career. I trust him more than I would any offensive coordinator. And I think when Tom Brady went to Tampa and he finally got with Byron and, and, and uh, Arians, I think he had more of an issue with Arians. And, and he had an opportunity to speak his mind when they were six and five saying, this is not working. I need some, I need to be able to be me. And you, you saw the offense kind of take off from there. And I, I think it's the and same thing here. Uh, you got to
0: no, go. No. But they they were successful, even though they were butting heads, they were successful with Arians un, under control. Arians, and they, we're not making this a Tampa thing. When, when Tom and Leftwich kind of got together and it, it became Tom's show, it went downhill. Not it in that downhill. Super Bowl year. That was under Arians.
1: That's not how I heard the story. I heard the story as Brady was getting really frustrated and, and he went went to that. So that's what started the, the Bruce Arians downfall in
0: Tampa is because Tom did not like Arians' offense. He, that's correct. That's right. He said, if I'm gonna come back, Arians can't be here. And then lo right. and behold, Arians took a yeah, job he, in he front seriously
1: office. went in the front office.
0: Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct, but all the success that they had was really under the Arians one.
1: Oh, I, I see. I, I thought it was that's when Tom had his influence and he was able to check his own plays. I think Tom was frustrated that he didn't get to check his plays at the line of scrimmage, that he was forced to run Arians' plays, and that once they allowed him to do that, that offense started to click.
0: It, it would be great if Arians come to Buffalo. <laughs> that, that, that's the only that I have. All right, sorry, Stevie D, this is Jets. <laughs> I, I just started thinking about something.
1: <laughs> no, Arians, I think he would be a good fit up there with Josh Allen. Oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, uh, yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the game MVP, I, I have it as the fans because they had to witness that. And I think every Jet fan that was watching or there when – the punt return was returned for 87 yards. And I watched the tape, man, our long snapper, number 42, just missed a tackle in the middle of the field. When he scored that touchdown, I was like, okay, all right. It, I don't like to give up the seven points because we're chasing seven points already. And then we fumbled the football. I said, it's not our night. It's not our night. It's, and, it, and we had opportunities staying in the game and in the, penalties that would happen on offense. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it just was not going to be our night. It was not going to be our night. And uh, it, it's just, a, it's a shame. Um, and it, you know, everybody uses the term same old Jets. Um, you have your opportunities and and you had a game that was winnable when the defense did the right thing. Didn't happen. But the last thing I'll say on this slide that's not here is that Robert Sala was on um, ESPN New York Um, 98.7, I believe, is the station in in New York. And he asked him about promoting Trevor Simeon from the practice squad to replace Zach Wilson. And he started kind of stumbling. I don't know, but I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. And then he goes, it's because, you know, Zach is not – Awful. He's shown improvement. He's not the same quarterback he was last year. And blah, blah. at the end of the day, this is an anemic offense. It's anemic. It's it's as bad as the Giants. And I don't think you can be worse than the Giants, <laughs> right? Seriously. And the Giants' offense is bad. This offense is historically bad. Why not make a change to see if you get a spark, something? Are you afraid of the effing Mike White shirts to come out again? Right? Is that what you're afraid of? Because at the end of the day, do you hurt the players that are busting it because you're leaving him in there? Again, not everything is Zach Wilson's fault, but sometimes you need a spark. Because Zach Wilson is not the long-term answer. Is not the I, I don't know if I, I don't again. know if
0: I can agree with that one. I I, I hear you. I hear you, but I don't know if I can if I can agree with you on that one. When um, you tell me what you
1: saw in those games to think that Zach Wilson should still be the quarterback. What did you see? Six points. What did you see against the Giants?
0: What did you see the week before? I saw progress from the year before.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is progress on he's got mechanics are much better right but it, it's not it's not turn it's not leading to points it's not leading to um drives down the field we're we're averaging under 300 yards per game i, I get it right i get I, I Sometimes get it it's a spark for your other team right even if it's not zach wilson maybe it's a spark Ooh. for your other teams to get motivated all right we got to change
0: so something's got to give here i do i i get i get what you're saying. I think at this point, right, the, the conversation between Salah and Douglas needs to happen to say, what are we doing with this kid, right? For, forget the fifth year, forget whatever. What are we doing with this kid? Are we cutting bait? And well, if, you an make, if you make the decision that you're cutting bait, that he cannot be rehabilitated, that you are not seeing enough growth, and even with Aaron Rodgers, that he will not be able to turn the corner, then, yes, you bring in Trevor Simeon. If you think that, you know, when Aaron is there full-time, because, again, right, he's rehabbing in L.A. back, you know, for a Sunday game and then back to L.A. to rehab. When he's there full-time and he's truly working with Zach, they're working in the offseason, if you believe, if Aaron believes that, yeah, there's something in this kid, he's going to be special or he's going to be good. I won't say special, but he'll be good, right, he'll be that mentor that you had hoped that you had his rookie year, then you do not bring Trevor Simeon in. If you bring in Trevor Simeon, it's over. It's over. You cut him and be done with it and say, you know what, we gave it a shot. You know, shame on us, shame on him. And and There's a reason
1: why we traded for Aaron Rodgers. Sure. This kid was not going to be flipped over and going to be sprinkled pixie dust and he was going to be great. I don't blame Zach Wilson. You have to understand. I don't blame Zach Wilson, right? You traded for a quarterback. You knew he wasn't ready. He was forced back into it four plays into the season. That's six games, four plays. I don't blame him. I blame Robert Sala. I blame uh, Hackett for not devising a plan to make him successful. I go back to 1999, Jet fans, okay? We're coming off an AFC championship loss to the Broncos, 98. Opening week, Testaverde goes down with an Achilles tail, literally 24 years to the day. And that's when it happened. Okay. Now, Parcel said, we talked about this in an earlier podcast. Parcel said his biggest mistake, his regret, was he didn't turn over the offense to Ray Lucas earlier. The Jets went two and six with Rick Meyer and a cast of other quarterbacks to go two and six. He said, if I would have made that change three games earlier, we probably make the playoffs. And with Parcells, Tells, you just never know what happens, right? When you're in a playoff game, Ray Lucas, who nobody knows who Ray Lucas is, he went six and right. two. He went to Rutgers, he went six and two, and it was a magical last eight games, right? And every Jeff is like, man, once we made that earlier? Wasn't well, right. he a punter? Uh, no, no, he was Palmer like a started. jack of all trades. He was like okay. a jack of all we had Tom Tupa, who was a converted quarterback punter. That's who you may be thinking there, but on that team, on that same team as Tom Tupa. Um uh, because I think he came in and maybe he played a little quarterback that game after that's when he went down. But um in, in the end, what was special about that is that the Jets changed who they were because of the quarterback and they were able to sustain success with that, with Ray Lucas. Right now, we're not seeing the evolution of Hackett to say, I'm going to put my pride I saw yes, it in my game plan, then let me adapt to this kid and his talents and figure it out. And I don't think the Jets are doing that. So, Salah
0: gets up to that podium, and Salah says, No, I'm not bringing Trevor Simeon in. But what I am going to do is I am going to talk to Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm going to say, We got you, Dalvin Cook. We're, I'm going to tell you that Brees Hall is healthy, and I'm going to tell you that we're going to run the ball. 63% of the time, yes. and we're going to pass the ball 37% yes. of the time, and I bet you the play-action play, play action pass opens up. I bet you the screen pass opens up, and I bet you that you, Zach guides you guys down the field for touchdowns. I bet you. Yeah. You know, it, you remember,
1: Sean Barber, it's been a while since we had Sean on, right, um, the, the Chiefs linebacker, uh, former linebacker, and, and he, he used to say, if you want Zach to be successful, 20 passes a game. 20 passes a game, run the football. Run, run, run. And, and Zach will get better because the run will set up the pass and he'll see things better on the play action and whatnot. We're throwing it 40 times a game with Zach Wilson, and it's not working. It's not it's not working. Yeah. We have two great running backs. Dalvin, although he's not been great this year, but it's like he said, I need touches. I need touches to get in the field. And I agree with him because I can tell you that drop pass that he had, was a killer. It was an easy pass. It was easy 15, 17 yards, maybe more, depending on, yeah. you know, the blockers out in front. You never know what could happen on, on a play like that. And, and he dropped the pass. Why? Because he's mentally not in the game. Because he's getting three touches a game. And I, I, I get it. I was pissed. Don't get me wrong. The remote almost went through the TV. But when when you come back down to reality and you take your emotion and out, you say to yourself, how can he? He's three plays into a game. He, he gets three plays, four plays. How, how are you going to stay mentally ready when you're never called upon, right? It's the same thing with Brees. You, you got a beast back there. I really, I, I, I think it was Rich, I think my son called during the game. And I said, man, I got to feel like he's going to, remember when I told you in, the, in the, the Denver game, I just had this feel that Brees was going to break one. And early in the game, there was times where I thought against the Chargers, man, he was a shoe tip away from breaking one. And I felt like the, he, he was going to break it. But he didn't get the consistent touches to get in the field to break it. Again, 63% passes. We can't we can't do that for Zach. It's not good for him. Uh, 35 for 44, I think he was. A 35, 33 for 49, great completion percentage with the drops that he had that were catchable balls that, that we just didn't
0: catch, right? So his completion, great. But the Sacks with, with your defense, you can play that style. Yes. Yeah. You you because you know you're going to hold the team. You know the other team's going to be punting, so you can run the ball. And if you if you you know happen to have a, a six play drive that you end up punting, you can do that. But with the the backs that you have, you have two backs that can go. Delvin, I I still believe Delvin can go, right? Yeah. But I know Brees can go. And if you keep feeding them, they are going to go. You don't have to worry about 35
1: carries a game. We should be carrying the ball 35 times a game, not 18. Yeah, Hackett has to wake up. I don't want to hear that our offensive lines banged up. I think it will help the offensive line to run the ball more. I think they get they're more excited about running the ball than they are passing.
0: Again, you ask any offensive lineman, they much rather run block than pass block, and and that's the the inexperience
1: of Sala and hack it to realize we have to change our approach on passing and we need to run the ball more. I mean, Rex Ryan has said it a thousand times, ground and pound. When you have a quarterback that's having these problems, he lived it with Mark Sanchez, ground and pound, ground and pound. And you have the backs to do it. You don't have the British Charles Ferguson at left tackle, Nick Mangold at center, and Alan Fanica the left guard, and Brandon Moore and right guard, and, and, and wow. Damien Woody at right tackle. That was a stout offensive line. I get that, but still run the ball more, run it more, run it this way. And not so much sideways to help your line out. Um, You know, don't stretch it out to to the outside, maybe some off tackles or something like that um, and and go, I just think it would be energized. And again, unless it's too late because we're not going to do it. We're not going to change. It's unfortunate. And that comes to the head coach. Changing the philosophy and saying 63% 63 does not get it done, Nathaniel. Doesn't get it done. We have to change. And it's solely on the head coach.
0: Stevie D, now you guys have, oh, back-to-back NFC or AFC West teams. You have the Raiders this week. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you outlined your keys to victory. But when I'm looking at this, you have feed breeze when the turn, but I'll let you talk about this. I don't see you have anything on here on Hackett. We're in the same boat, Stevie I I don't see anything on Hackett because they don't listen. <laughs> uh, they just don't listen. Do so, we need to send them the link to the podcast? God, you know it's
1: it's a link to the podcast. It's it's there's so much to it that it's stubbornness. It's stubbornness. And the great coaches, the great coaches adjust. They adjust to what when you when you're uh Delta Bad Ham, you make uh, make when you got lemons, you make lemonade. Right? <laughs> we are not doing that. We're we're just we're not smart enough as a coaching staff to say we have to change. So what do I have to say? You gotta get the ball out quick throws. He's successful. Set up the plays that it comes out quick. Feed Brees, feed him often. I would say Dalvin Cook, but the Jets. It doesn't really matter because the Jets don't give it to Dalvin Cook. So hell, they barely <laughs> give it to Brees Hall. But free Brees Hall. He's hungry. Right? Hold on, hold on. Did Michael Carter have more carries than Dalvin Cook? No, Michael Carter. I thought had more. Um, pa- he was in for pass blocking. Um, he didn't get the touches, but he's a, he's a better pass blocker. So on third downs, he he really comes in for 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 blocking purposes.
0: Uh, okay.
1: That, that's kind of like his role. because um, again, we don't give him any touches. I, I think it's kryptonite, the jets to running backs. We're kryptonite. I don't know. I, anyway, feed breeze set up the play action again. Reminds you of O10 with the Jets, Thomas Jones, Sean Green, Ladanian Tomlinson, Sean Green. You run the ball successfully, it opens up the play action. And I thought Mark Mark Sanchez did really well in play action. When he had to throw it over and over again, it was not pretty. But when we had the running game with the play action, it worked. So, feed breeze set up the play action. Jets are not good enough not to win the turnover battle. Look, I go back to the Bills game. We were a plus four in the turnover battle. We had to go to overtime. Okay? We had to go to overtime plus four. That's how much better your team is because they were able to go to overtime in a minus four turnover battle we cannot when we cannot be in the minus turnover we have to take the ball away to take possessions away to give our offense extra possessions to try and score points I mean field goals because that, that's all we can do right so we ha- it's imperative that we are a plus two in every game every game scenarios to watch the all makes your full line Billy Turner most likely out he was. You know, a Packer guy, he's the last guy on the depth chart type of guy for us. He came in, played right tackle. He broke his hand. Uh, so they're trying to figure out, can he play on uh, Monday night? He broke his hand so, or, or fingers on his hand. So they're trying to figure out if, if they can put the cast on and can he go. Uh, but that's a big blow, losing Where's another one. on the
0: offensive
1: line? Right tackle. They moved Max Mitchell into guard. Um, and left Billy Turner because I guess he's more used to playing um, tackle, right tackle than he is guard. So they moved Max Mitchell to right guard and Billy Turner to uh, right tackle. So, um, you know, so it's going to be interesting. He's going
0: up against Crosby.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: lovely. <laughs>
1: lovely. I mean, I mean, he's a beast, Crosby, right? I mean, I, I can't say he's any worse than Joey Bosa or any better than Joey Bosa. <laughs> I just put them all together, and Joey Bosa was a beast. Um, and so yeah uh, thanks, Joey, right? It's like anyway, offensive line is is gotta it's gotta figure it out uh for us on this with the Raiders because the last few weeks we've been getting been getting been getting killed by by some pretty good pass rushers. So um defensive scheme against the you gotta you gotta do your thing on defense, right? You got a rookie quarterback, man, you should be you know drooling at this opportunity to go up against a rookie quarterback, confuse him, bring that rush in. And so it's going to be really curious in how the Raiders are going to handle that uh, that scenario with the Jets because, uh, again, the Jets had five sacks themselves last week. So i uh, like to see them mix it up. And then the last one, what team's going to show up? That's what I want to know. What team's going to show up? Are we going to get what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs on offense where Zach was comfortable getting the ball out, slinging it around field? Probably arguably could say his best day as a pro right? The Chiefs defense is no slouch this year. Top three right now. They're killing it on defense. Look what they did yeah. in Miami, right? They they shut them down uh, uh, until late. I know it, it's, you know, Miami, but still, you know, they, they have been playing very good defense.
0: Yeah. They what, have. what
1: team's going to show up? Are we, again, I go back to the play calling, right? So I just don't know what team's going to show up, right? And, and part of that is I thought, and I think most Jets fans would think that there just seemed like the, there was lack of energy amongst players on the offensive side. It was like, they were lethargic. It was just really, the defense was all amped up and, and ready to go, which was awesome. It just seemed like the offense was just blah. And they didn't want to be there. Like they were missing the Madden tournament or something. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it was just weird. I just had that weird feeling. And then maybe that's the reason why they had all those pre pre snap penalties. And, and stuff so again what team will show up i'm hoping the team that that played kansas city played them really really tough the team that played buffalo the team that played philly you know let's see a little bit of that team show up with the with the passion on both sides of the football so that's what i got the four and four jets versus the four and five raiders so um i'm not sure what happened to my boy vince but uh maybe something's going on maybe he's got a coughing attack so you guys are stuck with me for a little bit um while well, uh, Vince comes back, but, um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, really, really, really disappointing, uh, loss to the chargers. I just don't know. Don't know. So and what happened to my buddy wants to make sure everything's going all right. See if he sent me a note. That's, uh, it's really weird. Um, and get a message from him. Um, did we hey, lose you back. I I don't know if you you lost me or I lost you. That was really
0: weird. Okay, all right. Um, so Stevie D, it's time for our picks. I did not have a good week last week. I can tell you that. So if we, if we take a look at our picks, <coughs> excuse me. Man, we're we're pretty dead on. I think. Yeah, well, there's. I have a couple of differences. I, I I chose Bill. I'm going with Bill. I think Bill. Um, first of all, you got Gardner Minshew, eh. and you know I I, th- I think there's going to be a rally. We're overseas. We're we're away from everything. I, I'm going with Bill in this one. Um, I can go with Bill. <clears throat> Cincinnati. I'm not sold on Cincinnati. It's not. This isn't sour grapes. It really isn't. Cincinnati's defense is not good. Buffalo's offense is, is atrocious. Thus, Cincinnati's defense looked great. If Houston I, I, come off of that momentum, go ahead. I don't. I
1: don't. I'm not ready to put Houston in that class to beat Cincinnati. They still got to show me a little bit more um, on beating top 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 teams uh, on the road. And in, and in, in the, the you know the crowd's going to be crazy there in Cincinnati. I, I, Stroud's having a good year. He had a great game last week, but now you're going up against a heavyweight. So
0: yeah, uh, well, I, cool. you have to prove it to me that
1: you can beat a heavyweight first before I'm going to start believing it. So that's why I went with Cincinnati. I just, you know, Houston's still a young team.
0: So the the next one, and we both took Jacksonville. Why did you take you took New Orleans? You took New Orleans over Minnesota.
1: I'm going, I'm riding the high with, with Josh Dobbs. I gotta be honest with you. I like this kid. I gotta go. I gotta roof. I gotta go for him.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I skipped the next to go down to the Jacksonville San game. You took you took Jacksonville. I took Jacksonville. I don't I wouldn't I hear why Brock you took Purdy.
1: Jacksonville. Brock Purdy's coming down on down a, a little bit, right? So um I don't know. I'd come across country. I don't know.
0: I, I, that that's why that's why I took them. That's exactly why I took them. It, it that it's whatever it is jet lag, <laughs> but It's it's when the West Coast teams come east that they they do not fare well. They do not fare well. So yeah, that's that's why I have that one. Um let's see. I think after that we're pretty much the same, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, for me.
0: The oh, Jets, you, the you Jets, got Detroit.
1: Yeah, I got Detroit uh, again. I I like Detroit um, and maybe I'm a little sour for the charges whipping our butt at home. So um, I'm not going to lie there. I may have a little bit you know, that little, <laughs> that little issue there. I got to get past, but you know, at least from the Jets perspective in Vegas, they got to show me something on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm just so pissed off at the Jets and, their lack of um, understanding that they have to make changes in order to be successful, not necessarily quarterback change. I'm just talking about how coaches coach. Sure. Uh, I can't, I can't take, I can't take them. Not this week. They got to show me a little bit something. So sure. it hurt me well, checking that box. Right. But at the end of the day, prove me wrong. Right. It's like, Jay, Jay, you say, prove me wrong. Right. So prove me wrong.
0: John gave you a shout out. Love them the keys of victory. And you're right, Joey. They they are starting to win some big games. And they're gonna win another big
1: game. They're gonna win another big game, Joey. They're gonna win another big game on Sunday, baby. Just
0: not sold on them yet. Just not oh, come sold. on,
1: Man, you, you gotta start believing something. It's, it's not three, four games into the year. It's not, it's Jared Goff. Well, I was never a Jared Goff guy coming out of college. That's for darn sure. Uh, I don't know. There's something about him. I just it's like Ben Roethlisberger. That guy's never going to be successful. Me. <laughs> that that one burned me pretty good. But I I was not big on golf coming out of, out out of Cal. And uh, I don't
0: know. When I th- when I think of Jared Goff, I think of he went to Jared, and then I think of Subway. Wow, that's pretty harsh
1: on that guy, man. And that with that guy. Oh man, that's awful, dude. That's awful. I think of him. See, my difference is, I think he's a surfer, dude, and I'm hanging out on the beach and I'm going to go surfing, man. Right? That's what I thought of God. You go the totally opposite direction, and you got him in jail saying, "Hey, you want to
0: follow? I mean, come on!" Like, wow, I'm
1: like, Jesus. Maybe this has got to be for Odobi oh, sports after dark or something. Yeah, I think so. Man, the poor Jared. So. I feel for you, man. I, I, I do, man. I, that, that was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that, you didn't even give Steve Farm. You could at least said State Farm. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You got to Subway,
0: poor guy. Hope he's not watching. So that's gonna wrap this one up though, Stevie. Oh, tears coming down my eyes, man. <laughs> good, good, good show. Yeah. I hope it was therapeutic. It was therapeutic, yeah. yes. And sometimes you, you just need to get this stuff off, right? You, you, you just do. I, I am still gonna stay away from the Kool-Aid for right now. Um, need need some things to happen. So, and, and I know you do as well. Uh, but we want to give a a shout out and thanks to everybody that, that contributed and participated, watched. Well, we yeah. certainly we we love it, um, CVD. A lot's happening in social media, um, so obviously you know we we're trying to interact with as many people as possible. If we don't get to you, we're sorry, but we will. You know, we we try we're trying to do that. Um, friends, family, if you know anybody that's interested in the show, tell them tell them to give us a like, give us subscribe. Love to have them be part of the family. We're trying to yeah, grow we, this. We network. got a lot
1: lot more followers coming in on Facebook, and we thank everybody.
0: Thanks, Thanks,
1: John. Um, and we have a lot of, you know, a lot of people coming in through Facebook. It's been great um, seeing all the new followers coming in and, and new people chiming in as well. Thanks, Joey. And Thanks, uh, Joey. it's fun. It, it's fun to have the interaction and in different points of view, that even you know, when they're different. Because uh, I think that's what also makes a great show. It's different opinions, right? It doesn't Absolutely. always have to be, you know, uh, the same the same thing. So uh, it's been great.
0: And just to kind of look beyond the horizon, guys, just to let everybody know, we're 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 changing, right? We're we're morphing, we're growing, we're we're doing some a lot of good things here, um, and we've taken some some of the feedback that we've gotten from some folks, and you know it's gonna it's gonna be good to see as we continue to grow not only in 2023 but as we head to 2024, you know the changes that are you know on the horizon. So, but we want to thank everybody. Uh, that's been with us. Some of you have been with us from day one, and we certainly appreciate that. Those that have just jumped on, we enjoy come on, right? We're we're gonna have some fun. All right. Uh and Joey says, please share with the with the 12th man mafia. Absolutely we'll do that, Joey. But uh again, thank you to everybody there. You can check us out on all our social media, whether it be on Facebook and Instagram, which Stevie D is killing it on Instagram. Well, we try, uh, we gotta gonna rebuild
1: gonna- that whole page again. We- Stupid! I well, I may not say it. Men may hear it,
0: and the next thing you know,
1: it's down again. Right, right. They may have a spy in here from Facebook, but they took down our original page that was growing like a weed, and now we got to start all over. So, that that's that's the rough.
0: Stevie D, I think they heard you. I think yeah. they heard you. <laughs> wow. I think they heard man they're, they're everywhere those guys <laughs> so but yeah check us out uh you'll you'll find us uh on on all the different platforms. Uh but for my co-host Stevie D, I'm Vince, we'll talk to you soon.